The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We carry on through our day as if everything is just fine. But for many of us, it's merely a mask covering up all the emotion simmering just under the surface. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shamin Sadiq. In this program, you'll hear from others who face the same adversities in life as the rest of us. But these individuals have redirected their energies to creating extraordinary ideas and concepts. Find out what they are and what's behind the motive. Now, here is your host, Shamin Sadiq. Hello and welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadiq, and you're listening to us today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. So it's been beautiful summer-like weather here throughout September where I live in Toronto. And to my great uh, disappointment, at my second martial arts class, I twisted my knee. And I've been unable to um, do many of the things that I love for the past uh, couple of weeks since that injury happened. It wasn't anyone's fault. It was just one of those things. I was actually um, sparring with someone who ended up rolling over my knee and uh, I felt this kind of twinge and then it felt okay and then it wasn't. So I've had to really slow down and that's been hard for me. The energy of the fall is a fast energy, an energy of wanting to move with the the crispness and the, the cooler air, even though we're having warm temperatures here, it's not quite so humid. And I feel like my body has been out of step with where my mind would like to go. My mind would like to keep up with the season and be fast, but my body is having to go slow. So I have to take the stairs um, one foot at a time. I can't just walk down the way I normally can. I have to economize on my trips up and down the stairs. It's been a bit frustrating. And I had the opportunity to go back to my martial arts class. I wanted to talk with the teacher about what his recommendations are. I mean, he must see injuries like this all the time. It's a minor thing. It will be better in a few weeks. Uh, But I thought I would go check out the class. And I had an instinct, which was it would be okay to watch that if I stayed um, for the class and just observed it, I might learn as much as if I was doing it, just learning in a different way. And he agreed. So I stayed and I watched my my colleagues and what I noticed was that there was a lot of flow and then there was also a lot of jerkiness and I was just sitting reflecting on that while I was watching the show, or not the show, (laughs) watching them, uh, the class and I began to reflect on the relationship between flow and fear. And that leads us so nicely to the topic for today because we're talking about what's holding you back from fearful to fearless. And I have a very special guest with me today who I'll introduce in a moment. Suffice it to say that I noticed there is a relationship between fear and flow or more so between fear and jerkiness. And I thought about myself in in my martial arts class and also in other elements of my life. When I'm afraid, I get sort of jerky. I don't 
flow. Things don't come out smoothly. Uh, I find it more difficult to work with people when I'm afraid. And I feel like a lot of my energy is is kind of lodged in my head, um, trying to think, think my way through. When I feel flow, I feel more at ease. I feel more relaxed. I feel like my whole body is in the game, not just my brain. And it's definitely um, a probably a fear less or at least less fearful place for me to operate. So we've got an expert with us today on the journey from fearful to fearless and this is Louise Veras. She is from the Center for Leading and Living and I am delighted to welcome her here to join with us today on Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Welcome Louise. Thank you Shameen. I'm happy to be here. And I'm so happy that you put your hand up and said, I want to come and talk with you. <laughs> we've, we've, been, we've known each other for, oh, I'm not sure, maybe a year, maybe a little bit longer now. Mm-hmm. And I know that this is one of the areas that you kind of specialize in is sort of helping people with their fears and, and, and working through them to some fearless action. Tell me a little bit more about how you found your way into this, this work. Yeah, um, Quite by accident, actually. Um, as many people know, I have a I have my own coaching practice, and um, I remember sitting around many um, workshops and and just um, networking events and friends even, um, and just meeting and talking with people and having them mention uh, this book called "Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway" um, by Dr. Susan Jeffers and. Um, it was one of those books that the title stands out and you kind of remember it. Yes. And people were saying, you know, have you read this book? Have you read this book? And I hadn't read the book. And I didn't read the book. And, um, and then, you know, it was just those things that kept, kept popping up. Well, and finally I thought, well, you know what? I got to read this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did. And that was the thing that changed it for me because it just solidified everything that I was feeling in a very simple and clear way. The message was, was beautiful. And I just thought, wow, you know, this, I got so much out of that book. Um, I knew others would as well. And if they didn't have the opportunity to read it or if they didn't know about it, um, how could I share that message and, um, and be able to help them? So that started my path. And I became curious about how to get more involved with um, with the teachings of the book. And anyways, long story short, I applied to be um, a licensed trainer with uh, with Dr. Susan Jeffers, and uh, I've been doing that for the last uh, three or four years. You know, it sounds like when you tell the story that the the timing was perfect. So what, what was going on in your own life at the moment when you finally decided to pick up this book, which, you know, I'm sure many of our listeners have heard of and many have read. Um, mm-hmm. It's very popular and the title is grabby, catchy. Mm-hmm. What, what was the timing for you? Well, I think the timing for me in my own personal life was um, at the point where I was looking to um, leave my, my corporate job. And um, I didn't. I didn't leave my job right away because I was afraid, and uh, and so I stuck it out there for um, probably longer than I wanted to. And I wouldn't say that that book gave me um, the courage to do it, but it kind of put things in perspective for me, and um, and it allowed me to explore some of the things that. 
probably I was aware of, but maybe not paying attention to. And um, it just kind of, as you said, it flowed, you know, it made it flow a lot more, uh, a lot easier for me at that time, having gone through that process myself, because it was very jerky before that. I was constantly, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I, and thinking too much and not allowing myself to really, um, really explore some of that excitement and, and, um, and, and opportunity that comes from a place of fear. What is the essential message of this book? Because you mentioned it a few times, and I think I can glean what it is, but in your own words, what's the, the central message? Exactly what the title says. Mm. Feel the fear and do it anyway. So we often hold ourselves back from doing some of the things that we would love to do because we're afraid. We get so caught up in that story or um, the emotion. Um, sometimes we don't even understand what that fear is that, that keeps us stuck. Um, but we stay there. We stay in that stuck position because it's uncomfortable to move out of that. And nobody likes to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So the message is really you have to do it. If you want to grow, the only way that you can do that is to step out of your comfort zone and experience the fear. Some would say, um, move around the fear and do it anyway, or ignore the fear and do it anyway. And I think one of the distinguishing features here is is that you're actually suggesting we feel it, like we actually move Mm -hmm. through it, move right into it to come out the other side. Do you have that right? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you can can certainly ignore it and and go ahead and do it anyway. Um, Yeah, that works, I think, maybe for a little bit, but the process of actually feeling it and going through it and understanding it is a lot different than just ignoring it and doing it. Yeah, yeah. Because the next time you go and experience something, and there will be a next time, um, it may not be the same, and you may not be able to ignore it. Yeah, I'm sure um, our listeners and I certainly as well can think of many times when I've attempted to ignore it, but Mm -hmm. it comes back up to bite me if I haven't actually dealt with it. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And that, I think, you know, that might be the universe telling us, you know, we haven't quite learned what we need to learn here. And learning through that process is, is, is the process, right? I mean, we have to, we have to go through that if we want to be able to um, do something different. Last week, I was with a group of people um, in Baltimore, and I was leading a workshop called Authentic Leader Workshop, mm-hmm. and there were times when I was using examples of my own story and other stories, and a lot of the examples were about leaving a corporate job, <laughs> and a lot of people that, that I seem to travel in the same circles with have done this, and I know you mm-hmm. have as well, yeah. and um, at one point during the break, somebody came up to me and said, you know, could you give us some examples where someone didn't have to leave, because it sounds like you're saying the only way to make your way through is to leave. Um, wh- what do you say to people when they, when they raise issues like that with you? Like how does, and how does this framework um, grapple with that? Well, um, I don't think you, if we're talking in context of, of leaving a job to do something else, I don't think yes. it's always that cut and dry. Um, I mean, certainly every situation is different and, and you have to, you have to understand what, what's going to be best for you. And uh, I know from my own situation, I didn't leave right away. You know, I, I, I started my coaching career um, while I was working full-time. 
in my other job. So I did this part-time. And I did that uh, for a number of reasons. Um, part of it, uh, I'll totally honest, yeah, part of it was because I was afraid to, to jump in totally with both feet. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But this, so this was a kind of, um, I guess, a stepping stone. Um, yes. It allowed me to explore, but um, with still that safety net, you know. So that might be an option for some people, and there's nothing wrong with that. So it's not so much about just jumping forward. It's more about sort of some discernment or some um, thoughtful action towards mm-hmm. what it is you want to do in terms of doing it anyway. Yeah, I don't think, you know, it's not about being a daredevil or, yeah. or necessarily, you know, jumping off a building and, and hoping for the best. You know, it doesn't right. have to be. It can be. Yes. Um, and for some people, they might love that experience. But for others, maybe not so much. And they need to find that that ground that's going to be comfortable for them. And so that's why I think every situation is different and it's individual. And you have to know what works for you because... Um, otherwise, it's probably not going to be a positive experience. So um, rather than do nothing, uh, you can find something that is still going to allow you to get out there and explore and be a little bit uncomfortable and take a risk, um, but, but you don't have to go off the deep end. You know, in early earlier years in my life, in my twenties, I was a skydiver. So the, mm-hmm. when I heard the when I heard the name of this book, and I think um, this book has been around for a long time, if I'm yeah, not mistaken, yeah. um, I, I remember thinking that's what I'm doing, and I was doing it in the ex- most extreme. You know, from a from the vantage point of someone who's never jumped out of an airplane to someone who now has, um, mm-hmm. it was this title of this book. Absolutely, feel the fear and do it anyway. I remember being up in the airplane, scared to death. I couldn't mm-hmm. eat all day long because I was so scared. And then when it was time to jump, I was ready to go, and I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this enormous sense of, well, it was actually like a huge high, almost a manic sort of high for mm-hmm. weeks afterwards because I'd overcome my fear. And I think that there's there are some fears that are conquered in that way. The, uh, the, the, what you make me think of when you talk about a more measured approach, a more thoughtful approach is um, the way that I exited my marriage. It was not a uh, sudden end. It was not a, okay, I, I'm out of here. We had an argument. I'm leaving. That's it. It was a four-year process where, um, mm-hmm. you know, we explored all sorts of different options as we made our way through and it was towards the end maybe a year before the actual separation that we said okay actually what we're doing is separating mm-hmm. and so I think that those are those are two different um, representations of the same message that this book has to offer Absolutely. and that your work has to offer yeah because and, and neither neither is right or neither is better um, yes. it's just different and, yes. and I think that that's really important to recognize because Jumping out of a plane for somebody um, could be the same parallel as ending a relationship. Somebody may do it that quickly, mm-hmm. um, and and others may take much longer to come to that conclusion. Again, it has to go back to the person and, and what is best for them, and also, um, you know, just allowing yourself to even think about that, you know, even thinking about doing something different um, is, is a huge thing, you know, because there are lots of things that cause fear for us and they're different for everybody. Um, but once you have that ability to accomplish something, you can use that again for other parts of your life. 
Well, so you're saying that even if we just consider it, that can be a helpful step in the process, even if we don't do anything at that moment, Absolutely. just the exploration. Yeah, because you're thinking about it and, and whether, you know, that allows you to explore, that allows you to, you know, think of the possibility. Well, what would it be like if, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what, if I, what if I did leave my job? What would that be like? You know, you can, you can start asking questions and you can start thinking about other possibilities as opposed to the other side of that, which is when you're stuck in that fear, it's, oh my God, I could never do that. I would never be able to handle that. You know, the language and the, the tone is completely different. I love where we're going with this. And in our episode description, we talked about um, three things that we were going to do in this show. And we're about to head into a break. So I want to name the three things. I want to give callers or listeners the number to call if they decide they'd like to call in. And then we'll take a break. Um, one, what are you afraid of and, and why? So you can actively and intentionally create your most successful year. And I love that we're posing this question at this time of the year. Because it mm-hmm. always feels like a new year for me in September. And I I know you wrote about that, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Number two, how you hold your fear and how that affects your success. And number three, some tips and tools for addressing your fears and moving forward. So that's what we're headed into after the break. If you'd like to call in and join us, please do so. The number is 1-888-346-9141. We can handle a couple of callers at the same time, so don't hold back. Uh, give us a call if you'd like to chat with Louise and with me, Shamin Sadik, your host, uh, about what's holding you back, the journey from fearful to fearless. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, more from our guest, Louise Veras from the Center for Leading and Living. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. 
If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shameen an email. Her email address is shameen at anjalileadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back. I'm your host, Shamin Sadiq, and you're listening to us on the Voice America Empowerment Channel today. This is Stories from the Heart of Leadership, and our topic today is what's holding you back from fearful to fearless. So before we launch back in with our wonderful guest, Louise Veras, I, I want to take a moment to let you know about some upcoming events uh, that, are, that I'll be leading that you might be interested in. So if you are an executive coach or a human resources or an organizational development professional or any other learning and development professional in the corporate space or organizational space, you may want to join me for the Leadership Circle Profile Certification. I am teaching it, well, actually, I'm teaching it this week in Denver. I'm leaving tomorrow, and I'll be there October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Um, Probably too late to catch that one, because you need to do your 360 ahead of time if you're going to join us. But uh, if you've been thinking about it, and you'd like to do it in 2014, there is another opportunity, and it's right here in my hometown of Toronto, November 19th, 20th, and 21st. So go to theleadershipcircle.com and get yourself registered and you'll hear from one of our folks at Leadership Circle and then they'll get you launching your own 360 and you can come and join us and get certified to use this powerful instrument and this powerful framework with your clients. Hope to see you there. That would be great. Now, back to Louise and what's holding us back from fearful to fearless. And Louise, we were just before the break talking about the three things that we said we would do today. And I thought we'd start with number one, which is what you're afraid of and why, so you can actively and intentionally create your most successful year. What are you and your clients talking about um, on this front these days? Well, I love this time of year because um, to me, the fall is always like the. Um, start of a new year. It seems very mm-hmm. fresh and, and uh, even though we've been here in Toronto experiencing summer-like weather, um, it is still fall and I think it's an opportunity um, to reflect, to take a reflect back into what's happened this year, um, what, what we think has been great, what's been successful um, and what's not. What, what would we have liked to have been different? And I think it's important to do that because that's going to set the intention for what's to come next. So whether you're an annual goal-setting uh, kind of person or you like to reflect even monthly, um, it's an opportunity for sure um, to really take into account what are some of those habits that we created this year that uh, created success for us. And also, likewise, uh, what were some of those habits that uh, we are are doing that maybe hold us back? So maybe there is some fear there that is keeping us stuck, and yet we would like to be able to move forward. And I think one of the things that is important to notice is our language and our thoughts. We touched on that a little bit earlier, but it's really, really crucial for making any kind of change. So we don't have to jump out of the plane right away, mm-hmm. but we do, I think it's, it's really important to even start to think about what 
some of that language is that I'm using. So whether you actually verbalize some of those things or if it's just a thought, um, it will depend on whether or not we're in a fearful state already by the words that we're using. So words that are typical are things like I can't and I should or if only or what will I do if. Those are types of words that are not only negative, but they create a fearful state. Hmm. So we can start by changing that by just changing some of the words that we use. So rather than I can't, it could be I can or I could or I will. And if even that slight change, if you start to notice that, um, your mind shift, will, your mindset will start to change. It's almost like the um, the word can't has a, a finality to it. Like I can't, and I, that can't to me means I never will be able to. I can exactly. not, you know, that, that this is mm-hmm. not something I can do. It doesn't mm-hmm. leave any possibility open. Whereas when you say I, I can, uh, first that's the opposite. So <laughs> that mm-hmm. opens up a lot. But when you said I could and I will, I felt like that those are the words that really create a, a rich, a more rich um, set of possibilities. Absolutely, yeah. And, and it's amazing. I think if, if the listeners could take this opportunity and really just start to pay attention to uh, the language that they're using. And as I said, it doesn't always have to be something that you verbalize. It could just be something that you're thinking. Somebody says something, and what's your initial thought? You know, does it tend to be more positive or does it tend to be more negative? Because that in itself is really just going to hold you back. You you stop yourself from thinking about what could be um, because of the language that you're using. So um, if somebody said, hey, you know, I'm going to go jump out of a plane. Want to come with me and and this will be a great experience. And it's something that you want to do. But all of a sudden you say, oh, no, I, I could never do that. You know, you've already stopped yourself. You've closed the door before you even let in that possibility. Right, right. And so um, it sounds like what you're doing with your clients at this time of year is asking them to reflect on what they've been saying to themselves, what language they've been using, what habits they've established over the past year, and then to set some sort of goal or commitment or intention for what they would like from here forward. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think, uh, you know, there's a thing out there, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, is, is that's the definition of insanity. And that's true. I mean, if you want to be doing something different or you want some different results, we can't expect to be doing the same thing. And, and language is a very key part of that. So we need to start to change some of that if we do want some different results, personally or professionally. You know, what I have been noticing as I read um, point number two that we wanted to talk about here, how you hold your fear and how that affects your success. One way we hold fear is in our language, another is in our thoughts. And I think there's Mm -hmm. also fear that we hold in ourselves, like in our bodies. Um, what, 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 if anything, do you say about that? Yeah, I think that's very true. And sometimes we don't realize what's happening. Um, but the very thought of doing something different will bring up a lot of um, um, physical signs for us. So it's not just a thought. It's not just, oh, you know, that, that mental um, uh, thought that, that runs through your head, but it is almost a physical. A lot of people will feel it in different places in their body. You know, I know um, 
you know, there's lots of expressions out there that you have to trust your gut and, and, and uh, or, or, you know, you have a heavy heart or something. Like, those are, those are good examples of where people might feel things in their body. And yeah. that's a good signal. When something happens um, and you actually have a physical reaction to it, and it doesn't have to be, like, you know, a sickness or anything, but uh, it could just be like that you get that lump in your throat or, or uh, you have that heaviness in your, in your heart or your stomach is in a knot. You know, those are all very good clues that there might be something else there that you may want to start to pay attention to um, because there's something that's creating that. And generally, what's creating that is a fear of some sort. So it's about maybe, well, noticing it for one thing and then being... Um, able to dig a little bit deeper to see what might be behind that. So how, and, and so what does that look like? What does that ding? I mean, if I gave you an example of something for me, would you, would you like, maybe we can model it here. Sure. Um, yeah. Or like, for example, before I get on this show every week, I have, and I know you were saying at the break that I sound like there's so much flow and stuff. And there is once I'm in it, but right before the show, I have a lump in my throat mm-hmm. and I can actually, now that I'm talking about it, I can feel my throat getting a little bit tighter. It's almost like it's saying, yeah, that's right. That's where... I definitely have something that happens in my throat just before the show. Yeah, and so what would be what would be a fear of that? You know, so the lump in your throat. I mean, if you pay attention to all the chakras and stuff, um, that's the voice, right? Yes. Um, that's where um, you're, you're able to express yourself. So, um, if something didn't come out right, what would be what would be wrong with that? What would be the problem? Oh, you know, it's so funny that you say that because one of my biggest fears is that I'll be criticized. Mm-hmm. And I, I um, so there's a part of me that loves that I have a radio show and that I get to offer my message of hope and, and, and life and leadership and, and all of the, the stories that we share here about the heart of leadership. But there's another part of me that's so scared that somebody will listen to it and say, she sucks. She's no good. Mm-hmm. What is she doing? Mm-hmm. She's terrible. Listen to how many times she said, um, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and then my, worse than that was that they would then go and tell other people, you know what? You shouldn't pay attention to anything she says. She's awful. Mm-hmm. And so that's exactly it. Uh, and thank you for sharing that because that in itself is um, sometimes very fearful for people. Yeah. So the fear of judgment, I mean, we all have different fears, but there are some, some typical ones or ones that we all tend to exam, uh, experience at, at one point or another. And the fear of judgment or the fear of disapproval is, uh, is very much high on the list, fear of rejection, uh, fear of failure. You know, those are all very big fears, very real fears for people, which if you could take that one step further, I mean, congratulations. I mean, you went ahead and did that anyways because... You're, you're doing a show, and even though every week is, you know, it, it brings you to that point, um, you're able to move past that. It doesn't keep you stuck. You still have the fear, just like the title. You, you feel the fear, but you're able to do it anyway. True but enough. some people get stuck. Some people get stuck. They feel that fear, and they don't, they don't do anything. They feel like they cannot handle it. In Susan Jeffers' book, she talks about um, three levels of fear, hmm. and... Um, and the second level of fear are the fears that are created by our ego. So there are internal thoughts, um, and those are the rejection, the, the fear of failure, disapproval, you know, everything that we've just talked about. 
And, um, and the bottom line, the biggest fear um, is that we feel that we cannot handle it. Ah. And that's what keeps us stuck. So that's why it's important. So understanding what that physical sign is for you is, is really good. That's a good clue because some people don't get that. It might just be a thought in your head. And so if we're not paying attention to that, it's easily missed. And um, and then we don't allow ourselves to go deeper to really find out what is behind all that. How can I, how can I recognize what this is and still be able to move past it? What are the? You mentioned three levels of fear, and you said the second one are the ones that are created by our ego. What are the mm-hmm. other levels of fear that she talks about? Uh, the first level of fear is kind of broken up into two areas. So the. Uh, on the one hand, we have uh, things that happen to us. So that can be things like um, aging and illness and losing a loved one or um, losing money. Those kinds of things are things that happen to us, but we could okay. be very fearful of that. Okay. Um, and the other side to that is um, things that require an action on our part, so a decision of some sort, um, uh, driving, changing careers, public speaking, divorce, you know, those are all decisions that we have to make but can definitely be very fearful. Okay. And then, as I said, the second level of fear are those more internal uh, things, internal assumptions that we're we're, uh, feeling. Mm -hmm. So rejection, failure, disapproval, Mm -hmm. judgment, uh, being conned, being vulnerable. Um, We all feel some of those things, maybe all of those things. Um, but that's a more of an, um, an internal thing as okay. opposed to an external. And, right. um, and then the biggest level of fear that she talks about is the fear that, um, that we're not going to be able to handle that. So you okay. can put that phrase in front of anything. I, I can't handle getting older. I can't handle uh, losing my job. I can't handle um, uh, divorce. You know, I can't handle rejection. I can't handle what people would say, oh, my God, she sucks. You know, like, mm-hmm. literally, that will hold us back. Mm. Um, I, my next question to you is going to be, how do you help those who are stuck? Or how do we help those who are stuck help themselves? And I, have, I also have an answer, one answer that <laughs> I just want to, I can't help but say is that I actually had the experience recently where someone, this, this, my biggest fear, I've had four, four major big fears in my life, all of which in the last year have played out. Um, and the fourth one being this one about being criticized. Um, somebody didn't like something that I said. Somebody um, then criticized me to, my, to, to me, like, got, you know, got into a, a discussion with me about what she didn't like, which is fine. I mean, if it's out in the open, I can deal with it. Uh, but mm-hmm. then went and and started to talk to others about what she didn't like about me, and mm-hmm. um, I kind of thought, well, it was not a very fun thing to have to go through. But at the same time, I thought, hey, the worst that could ever happen has happened, and I'm still mm-hmm. standing. I'm still exactly. walking around here. I'm still alive. Yeah. So, so that that's a that's a great answer to my own question. But my question is something between where I uh, reported I am with that particular scenario and being stuck how what what do you do how can people who are listening who say ah I know what that's like I'm stuck I know that I'm stuck what can mm-hmm. they do with themselves I know that they and we're going to tell them how to get in touch with you of course but what can they do right now to help themselves get unstuck well I'll share with you five truths about fear that Susan Jeffers talks about again and and I think that this this will help okay. um and I I do this in 
um, in the fear busting workshops that I that I run. And the first truth is the fear will never go away as long as I continue to grow. And so as soon as I, I, I mentioned that one, there's like a moan amongst the, the people mm. there because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, my God, you're kidding me, right? So I have to do this every single time, <laughs> and <laughs> I have to experience this. And it's, it is true. I mean, yeah. Well, I guess the opposite to that would be no. I guess you don't have to experience the fear. The downside is you're just going to stay where you are. Like you're never mm-hmm. going to, you're never going to grow. You're never going to move past where you are because you don't want to be uncomfortable. Okay. So that's right. the first truth. So you have to, you have to understand that, um, that it's going to happen. And I think the other thing that's so obvious, but we forget all the time is we're not alone. Mm-hmm. We're, we're afraid, but so is everybody else. It may not be the exact thing. thing uh, sorry, the exact thing that uh, everybody is afraid of. So your fear of judgment may not be what I fear, but uh, it doesn't matter. The experience is the same. So understand that you're not alone in this, and there is nothing wrong with being afraid. I think that's one of the things that she points out right away. Is that you know sometimes people think that. Uh, oh, there must be something wrong with me because I'm afraid. And look at look at all these other people. They're doing everything and everything is fine, you know. And how come they don't have fear? But they do. You just don't I love, see it. I love that. And I'm going to ask you to pause because we're going to go to a break. So we'll hear the other three truths about fear on the other side of this break. Before we go to the break, can you tell us how can our listeners get a hold of you? Sure. Uh, they can, that's probably the best way is just to email me. Uh, okay. My email is louise at leadingandliving.ca. Okay, great. So if they want to come and uh, explore their fears with an expert, they can come to you and do that. Yeah, or they can go to my website and and check that out as well, and and they can also contact me through my website. Wonderful. And can you give us that? The Uh, the website is uh, the Center for Leading and Living.ca. Perfect. Perfect. Great. Well, uh, this is Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadek. We're here today with Louise Veras from the Center for Leading and Living. And our topic is what's holding you back from fearful to fearless. When we come back from the break, we'll hear the remaining three truths about fear. And uh, Louise will share some tips and tools for us about addressing our fears and moving forward. See you in a moment. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shamin at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I leadership.com. Now, back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. We're here with Luis Veras from the Center for Leading and Living. And our topic today is what's holding you back from fearful to fearless. I don't know if anybody wants to call in, but here's the number again. I laugh as I say it because I very rarely have callers, but I always want to invite you to call. The number is 1-888-346-9141. If you'd like to join Louise and myself and chat about your fears, maybe we can help you uh, um, break through them or find uh, find out more about them. Please call and, and we'll chat. And now, I promised that we would hear from Louise, we would hear the remaining three truths about fear. So the two that I've got, Louise, so far is number one, that fear won't go away, and number two, that we're not alone. Mm-hmm. And, and I just want to say something about number two for a second, because it so beautifully aligns with the intention of this show, actually, Stories from the Heart of Leadership. It arose out of aware- an awareness that I began to have that what I am actually wanting is for people to know that they're not alone, that they're Mm -hmm. not the only ones. And it's so easy to project onto somebody who seems to have it all together, who seems to look a certain way or behave a certain way or have a certain, I don't know, accomplishment or possessions. So Mm -hmm. easy to project on them that they don't have any concerns or fears, that that nothing troubles them. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so helpful to know that we all are afraid of something. We're all grappling with something. Absolutely. And and it's true for every single person. Whoever says that they don't have fear is is lying. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Or in denial. (laughs) Or or in denial, yeah. Um, Because, yeah, those people that do have it together, and, and they're certainly... You know, every one of us has something that's together, but we just don't see the behind the scenes. We yes. see the end product sometimes, and we yes. just make that assumption that, oh, yeah, they're good. You know, they're, they're, they, don't, they don't have any fear. But it's not true because you haven't seen all of the hard work and the practice and the self-doubt and the question that has gone before that. Yes. And uh, it's just led them to that point. They've been able to push through it. Right, right. So, tell so us another truth about fear is that, uh, and it's, again, reminiscent of the title, is that the only way you can get rid of a fear of doing something is really to go out and do it. Mm. That's the only way. I, I know everybody's kind of sometimes looking for that quick fix or I'll do anything but, um, but there is no, <laughs> there is no magic um, to this. It's just that you kind of have to do it if you want to get past it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. That's the third one. Okay. And the, and the fourth one is, um, sounds similar to the, the one I just mentioned. The only way to feel better about myself is to go out and do it. So it sounds similar, but it's a little bit different because we all know that once we do something, we do feel better. It does make us feel good that we've accomplished it, and it gives us some confidence to go out and tackle something else. Yeah. yeah. So if you were to go out and, and jump out of a plane again, you may or you may not, but you have that experience to go from the first time that you did that. And yeah. it probably gave you a lot of confidence to tackle some other things. It that, sure did. It yeah. sure did. <laughs> In a safer way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. I was thinking about this, too, and I think there's a relationship here. Um so I've, I've done over 500 jumps. That's very few, mm-hmm. actually, in the scheme of things. I know people who have done thousands and thousands. So I'm no professional skydiver by any means. And I only did it for a few years. And then I stopped when I had kids. But, mm-hmm. you know, the first jump was this huge edge that I crossed from not ever having done it to having done it. Huge mm-hmm. accomplishment, right? A huge fear to break breakthrough or move through. Mm-hmm. But then when we get um, later, it became a very normal thing to do. And, exactly. and so when you say the only way to feel better about yourself, so if feeling better is not feeling um, sort of that huge difference between what I haven't done and what I'm about to do, that wasn't present later. You know, then it was easy mm-hmm. to do them. And then there were different challenges, jumping with more people, jumping out of, mul- you know, a whole bunch of people out of multiple airplanes, trying to make these uh, formations together. It, there were technical challenges, but the biggest fear part of it was no longer my everyday experience. Exactly. And it's such a great metaphor for anything. I mean, I'm, it's beautiful that you've actually done that. But, um, but it is such a great metaphor because it does give you that courage to, um, to think, well, you know, hey, if I could jump out of a plane, well, why couldn't I have my own radio show? Why couldn't I, you know, go for that next job interview? You know, you, you could do a whole bunch of things and you have that confidence to, um, to rely on, even though the situations may be totally different. Ah, yes, of course, of course, right. Okay. And so the, the last truth is that yes. pushing through fear is less frightening than living with the underlying fear that comes from a feeling of helplessness. Huh. And I think that that is so true because the more we think about it, the more we get stuck in our own head about whatever we're thinking, um, it is definitely more frightening than just actually going out and doing it. You know, yeah. it's usually more, it's, we, we tend to be very dramatic, you know, we can build whatever in our heads, but it's usually not that case. And you said, you know, you've actually experienced the worst case scenario of something that you were very fearful about. And, and so even even if you can put yourself in that position, um, there there is really nothing else, right? So why wouldn't you go out and do it? I, I think that there probably are other things that I'm not aware of that I'm still afraid of. But in terms of the big four, the big four were um, I was afraid of I was afraid of dying in front of my son. Now that hasn't happened, but I I did choke and nearly died in front of my my one of my children. And so mm. and we both you know we're both okay. Um, I was afraid of being um, being left uh, by a man, and I was. I was afraid of someone being indifferent towards me and that has happened to that has happened to me as well and then I was afraid of this thing about being criticized and it's more than just being criticized it's like somebody then going and talking to other people and saying bad things about me 
Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the biggest four that I'm aware of. I'm sure I have other ones. I think I've got a f- fear of failure too, but not enough to stop me if it's something that I really want. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's great. Uh, I mean, there's always something that comes up that's always going to give us a little bit of a, hmm, I don't know, that makes me a little uncomfortable. Um, and you can just, you know, see what that, that happens to be. The fact that you've experienced some things will only build your, your confidence for whatever happens next. So tell me about these, uh, you said there were some tips and tools that you wanted to share with our listeners today. Mm-hmm. Tell, us, tell us what they are. Okay, so my first tip uh, I have for people is to change their story. And I know that sounds kind of very coachy, <laughs> mm-hmm. that coaching language, but I think it's important to understand that how we view fear comes from our upbringing, which has formed our beliefs. So it's how we view the world and react to it that we continually act from this perspective because that's the framework from which we operate. Mm-hmm. So if we understand that that belief is no longer serving us, then it's time to let that go. And creating a new story allows us to operate from a different set of beliefs and habits um, and, and patterns of behavior that serve us better. Can you give us an example from your life, Louise? I realize I've been sharing lots of my own stuff here. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us something about you. Tell us an old story that you became aware of that you changed and tell us what the new story is that you changed it to. Well, something that happened, uh, well, something that I've been aware about for a long time, but kind of just came to light uh, not too long ago, in your presence, actually. <laughs> mm. um, you know, I have this, this uh, need to be perfect, and, um, and I always knew that, and I actually always thought that it was a positive thing, and I remember actually using that example or that, that situation, um, when I would go in for, for different job interviews, you know, and they would ask you the typical question, I'm probably dating myself now, but, uh, you know, they would ask you what your strengths and, and what your weaknesses are. And for my weakness, I always said that I was a perfectionist. But I always used that because, one, because it was true, but two, because I thought it was a good thing, too, because people then would see how dedicated I am and how... Um, you know, how persistent I am in terms of wanting everything to be just right. And then I realized that that's not really such a good thing after all because I'm really, there's something deeper behind that. There's a reason why I need to be perfect. And mm-hmm. that, per, that, that reason is because I feel like I'm not good enough. And when I feel like I'm not good enough, I have to overcompensate by doing everything perfectly which stops me a lot because then I procrastination and per- perfectionism are very closely linked. Yes. And so I will tend to procrastinate sometimes and or I just won't do things because I feel that it's not going to be good enough, so why bother? Mm. So it's taken me a while to, uh, to understand that, but once I understand it, I can change my story because I know that that's not true. I know that that's not true. It's just some story that I created out of somewhere and um and I don't need to I don't need to have that as part of my behavior anymore because it does yeah. hold me back yeah beautiful mm-hmm. to um to you my heart it goes out to you and to everyone who has ever thought that they're not good enough and that includes myself I think it's part of um of our 
humanity that we or human condition that that we have um, stories that we tell ourselves that are ultimately grounded in a feeling like we're not enough, we're not good enough, mm-hmm. we're not something, but we're not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's terrible that we just kind of sit in that and we let that happen over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, and it's unconscious. But sometimes we just don't realize it. But if right. we have the opportunity to change it, why not? Yeah. Because that will definitely move us forward. And definitely Good. out of fear. Yeah. Great. So my second tip is um, to challenge ourselves and to get out of our comfort zone. Because I mentioned this earlier and that we all do like to be comfy and... and um, yeah, that's great sometimes, but we also have to recognize that it's not going to change anything for us. So if we do want to adopt a new perspective around fear and create that fearless mindset, it means that we're going to have to step out of our comfort zone to do that. So we okay. need to take a different action if we want to make something different. Happen. Cool. Our third, my third tip is to take responsibility for yourself and your actions. And I know that sounds kind of silly, maybe, um, but when we are in a negative state, we do tend to blame others for our own situation. Mm-hmm. And if we want things to be different, we need to step up and take responsibility for ourselves and, and for our own behaviors. So if you think of that person who's not really happy in their, in their job, you know, what do they do? And they, they stay there and they complain about how awful it is, but they're not doing anything different to change it. Yeah. And it's not going to come from an outside. It needs to come from, from within. That's one of the hardest things for people to see sometimes is that they're mm-hmm. actually needing to change themselves in order to change the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And an easy way to do that, though, not easy, but, uh, you know, an easier way to, to try and change that negative state is really just to start with creating some positive affirmations. I mentioned earlier about the language that we use, and if we can start to change our language, it does eventually change our actions and our behaviors. So if we start thinking more positively and using more positive language, um, our behaviors will ultimately be that. And, um, And positive affirmations are a great way to start that process. Awesome. We've got about two minutes left, so uh, is there another tip before we end? Um, no, uh, that was, uh, those three tips were, were the main ones. The, the, my last one, I guess, is, is not really a tip. It's more of a suggestion, mm-hmm. and that is just to get some training. So um, I don't know how many people actually uh, explore the, the topic of fear. I know when I first started to delve into it, you know, it was almost, it is that four-letter word, you know, that yeah. nobody really wants to talk about it. But um, I encourage people to talk about it. I One of the first things I get people to do when they come to those fear-busting workshops that I do is to share the fears that they have because they need to get it out on the table and they need to recognize that they're not alone. And the more they understand about their fear, the easier it's going to be to address it and to um, start to change that mindset that they have. When's your next workshop? I have a next, um, I do an in-person workshop um, that's coming up later in October, starting October the 21st. Okay. And so, where, what city? In what city? Uh, it's in Oakville, Ontario. Okay. So okay. Um, that is an in-person, and I have a very small group. Um, there's information on my website if people are interested. Great. If that location is not uh, conducive to where people are, I also do an individual um program with people either by phone or Skype. So um, even if people wait, 
be able to attend, but they don't want a group situation, um, it's still possible to do something like that on an individual basis. Fantastic. Louise Veras, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure to have you here. You really know your stuff. And folks, join Louise for her one of her workshops. Thank you, Shamine. It was great. I really enjoyed our time together. Me too. Me too. And to my listeners, uh, talk to you next week. Enjoy the week. Uh, Pay attention to your fears, reflect, set intentions, notice your language and your habits, and I'll see you again next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadiq will be back next Monday with another extraordinary guest at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll come back as well. Have a terrific week. And remember, you are not alone. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.